Welcome to the Energy with Ellie podcast. I'm Ellie and I am on a mission to get more women and specifically mums feeling confident, energetic and strong. This is a place for all my coaching clients, be it one-to-one or in my group coaching and just anyone who wants to listen to me blabber on. So without further ado, because long introductions are super annoying, here's today's episode. Okay, right, let's get started. So yeah, good morning. I firstly just need a little caveat that I am in my bedroom, which is top floor, and my neighbour's dogs are out and they're barking, but I am not going to let perfectionism get in the way of me taking action. So we, I have a few questions to go through today. I will try and keep it fairly short so you can all listen to it on a walk or whatever you may decide to do. Right, so the first question is, are things like pre and post workout necessary to really progress? And that is in terms of supplements. So I am going to make an assumption. So pre-workout is typically something that you would take normally, naturally. Pre-workout and post-workout is something that I'm going to assume you mean the likes of something marketed as um, recovery or post, actually, what else would it be marketed as? Protein. So honestly, nothing is, none is really necessary to progress. They are supplements. So you will supplement your, um, them into your routine and your diet to help. So pre-workout is literally just a very high dose of caffeine, um, typically sweetened. I can't remember the dose, but it is like higher than your average cup of coffee. Um, I you may have seen that I do take that, and that may be why you're asking. Personally, it's sort of habitual and ritualistic for me, so I get the taste of it, and I know that I'm going to go and train. Whether or not it actually helps me, I don't know. And it is quite expensive. So in no, it is completely unnecessary to progress. That said, uh, caffeine is known to improve sports performance and therefore can help increase strength and endurance because in theory, you're putting a lot more into your workout. And so you get a lot more out of it. You're more energized for it, etc., etc. But it is not necessary if you are doing your workouts when you're sort of wide awake and well fueled, you don't really need one. And I think I've seen it said before that if you need a pre-workout for your workout, then you're too tired. Um, but like I say, I like it, but it's, it is unnecessary. It's super sweet. And some of them are so high caffeine that I would be careful with them if you're sensitive to caffeine because jitters and just feeling nauseous etc etc and so no they're absolutely not necessary to progress um post-workout when we're talking about protein is again it's not necessary to really progress but it is very helpful so I think a lot of us of you guys in the group 
have maybe noticed how difficult it can be to get even your minimum dose of protein, um, which I've sort of set at about 100 grams. So it can be difficult with just whole foods. Um, so supplementing with protein can be really helpful. You can get, um, you can make quite a lot of progress still without eating the optimum amount, amount of, of protein. Um, you know, it's not uber, uber essential, but it is going to help us to build muscle. So once we've broken it all down in the gym, that's the damage part. And then we want to help it grow. So we want to help it grow in the most maximum way possible, which is to feed it with plenty of amino acids, which we get from our protein. And we kind of want to be doing this every three slash to four hours. So if you've had a high protein meal an hour or something before your workout, you don't really need a shake afterwards. There's plenty of places that will, you know, you'll say, oh, you can neck a protein shake straight afterwards. And I actually have just seen, although not dived into it too much, about women needing to um, eat 30 to 45 minutes after a workout. But typically these things are talking about, these studies are athletes and high performance females. So necessary no the not at all it usually is just marketing um so and also we can let look into it way too deeply and actually stop that from letting us make steps forward just with the simple things we can often look and oh try and complicate it but actually we just need to be consistent and move forward with what we already have as goals before making things way more complicated thinking that we need to be taking way more supplements and eating way more different foods than we need to but really we just need to get the basics sorted first that's what I would say get your basics sorted so that it's not a challenge and then maybe at that point you might find you can change things up but so pre-workout you don't need unless you really want it it is it can be really expensive and also most of them taste disgusting um, but post-workout, not necessary, but helpful, yes, to get your protein goal. Okay, the next question. Thinking ahead about summer, how not to lose strength when there's no gym to work out? How long till you quote-unquote go back? What is the best solution to maintain the results? Will running do the job? Okay, so summer, let's think. So most of us, uh well not all but some of us are parents so that's at least six weeks off well six weeks of them being off school um and then obviously some of us may have holidays so that is out you know gym for one to two weeks unless you want to use the gym on holiday um so how not to lose strength when there's no gym so we running is not going to is the phrase cut the mustard I don't know. Uh, running is not going to keep your strength up. Running is fantastic for both your mental health and your heart health and just generally keeping you to be a fit person, but that is not going to keep your strength up. The only thing that's going to keep your strength up is strength exercises. My recommendation, if you cannot go to a gym for six weeks, is to buy a set of dumbbells. Even if you just had one sort of medium weight pair and did suboptimal workouts so you will at least maintain your strength may lose a little bit but if you completely stop 
So I think they say about after two weeks, you will start to atrophy, which means to um, essentially just shrink. So your muscles will start um, shrinking rather than growing or even maintaining. If you took maybe two weeks off, you probably wouldn't notice any difference. And in fact, you may find after a short break that you come back stronger because you've got more energy and more um, strength and power inside you to give to your workouts. After six weeks, you probably would notice a bit of a difference. But in all honesty, it would come back quite quickly. Um, I personally don't think that taking six weeks off of weight training in the summer, for me, it isn't really an option. I don't know why I would and why you would sacrifice your own strength and longevity for six weeks. During that time, it may you may find that whereas now you may do four to five workouts a week, in those six weeks, that might change. And for it might be what I would call suboptimal for that time. I was actually having a discussion with my husband this morning about it. And so it's half term now. And I normally train five times a week. I'm not going to train five times a week, because that's just not going to happen. And I don't want I don't want to be well, I'm not if I can't do five, then I'm not going to do any. But I will just do what I can in the best way so that everybody is happy, so that the kids are happy. I'm not dumping them off somewhere. I can still get some workouts in. I'm not going to get five in, so I'm going to release that expectation from myself. But I'm going to think, okay, where can I do it and how it's going to work best for me so that I can be happy internally. I can keep up with my strength, keep working towards my goals, but also ex- and, and do expect accept that it's the holidays and I am a the um, primary carer of the kids, so I have to look after them, but I also need to look after myself. And so what does that look like? And in the summer, maybe that means you getting up really early so you can get a workout in before. So you've got headspace in the morning without the kids being around to do a workout downstairs. Um, Involve, absolutely do involve running and any cardio you can do because that's fantastic for your health. Um, but maybe it's going to mean you're going to have to get up before them to work out or they can sit there and watch you, but you should be also be prioritizing yourself. I don't really think we want to be giving ourselves six weeks off for the fact that the kids are off. Um, so the solution to maintain the results is to get some dumbbells, in my opinion. If you go to a gym, then they might even lend you a pair, maybe, um, or somebody you know locally might have some, or Facebook Marketplace, or you could buy a pair of, say, maybe like eight to 10 kilos and sell them when you're finished. Um, But I do think if you're completely unable to go to the gym, that that would be an idea. And you've got bands as well. We've got to keep moving, but maybe, you know, do understand that some weeks you might only get two workouts in, but two workouts is better than no workouts, obviously. Um, right. Next question. That evening lull when the kids go to bed, making good choices. Okay, there's three here. Quick way to up protein and habit forming. So the evening lull when the kids go to bed, making good choices. Is this making good food choices? Is this making good activity choices? If, if you know, this is a little bit like conditioning. So when your kids go to bed, if you go downstairs and do the exact same thing, maybe you go to the larder or you come down and you're just like, oh, what should we eat in front of the TV? If that, if you are putting yourself in that environment constantly, you will automatically want 
the thing that you normally have. So you need to change what you're doing. So think of Pavlov's dog. He hears the bell. He starts salivating. You might hear the Netflix noise and want food. There is there is reasons why people have, why companies have sounds and things because we associate different things with them. So my dog, when she hears the washing machine door open, goes to the back door because she knows in a minute she's going to be let out for a wee. If every night you're doing the same thing, you can't expect different results. So maybe do something differently. When the kids go to bed and you come downstairs, do a board game with your other half or sit down and read a book or put the kettle on and make yourself a cup of tea. Have a nice drink instead of food, if that's what it is. Have you already eaten your dinner? Do you really need to be snaffling away on food? Like I've said in in previous posts, you don't let your kids snack right before bed, maybe. So what makes you so special? What are you doing? Are your behaviours in line with your goals? If not, why not? Ask yourself some questions. What else could you be doing? Is there something better you could be doing than these less desirable habits? Could you habit stack? So let's say you want to sit in front of the telly and watch Emily in Paris. Can you tell what I'm watching right now? Um, But there's something you want to do. So maybe it could be right before I sit down and watch this thing on the TV, I'm going to go and do 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 10 squats, blah, 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 um, five times, and then I'll sit down. Because then you've done some movement, or it could be where I'm going to walk around the block. I'm going to say to my other half, I'm going for a walk, I'll be back in five minutes, then we can watch TV. Because you're removing yourself from the situation, so your brain isn't anticipating whatever it is that you normally do, so you can change it. And our brains are... Uh, with this thing called neuroplasticity. So we can literally rewire our brain so we can change our thoughts and we can change our actions, which is amazing. We don't have to be the same all the time. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, which is a complete lie. You absolutely can. So changing your environment and changing your environment so it is in the line with your goals. And if you are constantly coming downstairs, I'm just making a guess here, and eating biscuits or chocolate, maybe remove the chocolate from the equation. If it's just you that eats it, remove it or have less less of it. Put it somewhere where there's some friction between you and the chocolate. If it's in a clip and lock box where you've got to clip unclip three clips before you can actually get to the chocolate, that might be enough time for you to say, whoa, this isn't you, babe. You don't want this. When you wake up in the morning, you're going to be pretty pissed off with yourself go do something different. Go outside, do some gardening. It's gorgeous weather. Do something different. Uh, The second part of the question was, quick way to up protein. Honestly, protein shakes, they're not optimal in terms of their contents necessarily all the time. Yes, they're full of sweeteners, but you get at least 20 grams of protein in 100 calories. And I know you personally are wanting to lose weight, that they are a great option because it means that you don't have to be constantly eating chicken breasts and turkey. Um, so they are great. Um, protein bars as well, despite the fact they are over double the calories typically of a shake. So there's a cost benefit there. Um, but really it's lean meats, making sure you're having protein at every single meal. If you miss it, at breakfast, you're sort of already on the back pedal, um, on the back pedal or the back foot, don't know. 
that said, the odd days that it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it is even a thought in your head. And the fact that it is a conscious thought means that you're probably doing way more than you were before. In which case you need to give yourself a pat on the back and know that you are doing it. We're not going to go from never thinking about protein at all to having 120 grams a day every day for the rest of our lives going to happen we also have to think about like the environment and the cost of it um financially so just give yourself some grace it's there as a a target because it's a great number like women we want to be building muscle and being strong and so that's going to help us but the odd time you don't get it it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter if you don't get all ticks what matters is that these thoughts are conscious and we're making lifestyle changes Okay. Uh, okay. Habit forming. Yeah. So habit forming, we are what we repeatedly do. So you, if there's something that you want to do, maybe you need to set an alarm to do it. Do it after, Do it before the other thing that you want to do. So that's called habit stacking. So let's say you want to scroll on your phone. Bad habit. But you also uh, want to get better at push-ups. I really want to scroll on my phone, okay, but I'm not going to do that until I've done 10 push-ups. And so every time you want to go to scroll on your phone, you do 10 push-ups. Replace either of those with any habit that you want. Um, And that's the way we do it. We are what we repeatedly do. Just keep doing it Um, until it becomes ingrained. Maybe it might be that you might need to set alarms on your watch if you've got a smartwatch or on your phone. Don't ignore them. If they come up, do it and it will just become a normal part of your life. Um, for example, exercise. I know that some of you maybe still struggle to fit in your exercise every day, but the more you do it, the less resistance there is to do it because it just becomes a part of your identity, a part of what you do and therefore a habit but you have to just keep doing it and also when habits are easier to stick to when they're enjoyable and fun and they give you some kind of intrinsic reward because exercise for example you never actually ever want to stop this and the worst thing you can do when you get to your goal quote unquote is stop it all so these have to be done every day and the more you do these things the more they are becoming a normal habit and then making it easy is another habit. So let's say you struggle to go and do your workout, get all your stuff out. It's there, it's staring at you in the face. Much like if something is a bad habit, get rid of it. Don't want to see it because if you see it, you're going to want to do it. Uh, Let's say you open the drawer for your plates and there's loads of chocolate at the side. Every time you see the plates, you're going to see the chocolate. Get rid of the chocolate. If you don't see it, the chances are you're not going to want it. It's a bit like a kid. You take them into a shop Previously, before you went into Tesco's or whatever shop, their brains were like neutral, happy. Just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go along with mummy to go and get the food shop. And then there's like a Lego aisle and all of a sudden they want all the Lego in the world and they're going to have a massive tantrum until they can have it. But yet, 300th of a second ago, they didn't want anything. And that's exactly what we do with things. All sorts of things, food, any sort of consumer goods. You see it, you want it, you get it, you have it, you feel sad you do it again. So remove things from the situation, make it easy or make it difficult, depending on what you want your habit to be. Um, Yeah, so get your workout stuff out. Um, Go to bed early so you're not tired and not likely to snooze your alarm. 
Like there's so many things that you can do to help form new habits. Understand you've got to figure these out for yourself as well. And in terms, we want to, um, something that I think I've said before in the group is coming up with if X, then Y statements. So if I'm feeling hungry, then I will uh, go for a walk. Or if I'm feeling the need to snack, then I will go and do 10 push-ups. If I feel uh, like I want to watch another video on Netflix, I will, I don't know, set an alarm on my watch to know when to go to bed, blah, 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 to help yourself. Because we, the humans, well, anything, naturally takes the path of least resistance. We will always do the easiest thing. And the easiest things are usually not the ones that we want to do. We need to do hard things. Hard things feel good. That's what she said. Okay. Um, right. I've hit a bit of a wall with my motivation and my progress. I was wondering if I should try going to maintenance for a while and then later try to lose more weight or if there are any merits to just keep going and seeking out ways to get my mojo back. Any tips would be great. Okay, so there is a... I mean, I've also seen in another post you've said you can potentially have an underactive thyroid. So what I think you should do this week is call your doctor and get that found out with a blood test, I'm assuming. That is on your to-do list as your bit of self-care for this week is find out so you have some kind of data and some information and then you can work forwards towards it what I would do is maybe ease off the fact ease off of constantly striving to lose weight because yes I know it's a goal but the person who enjoys walking walks further than the person obsessed with the destination so just focus on the fact you are making amazing lifestyle changes. You are doing more steps than you were before. You are eating more protein. You're eating more fruit and veg. All these things are making, you're making so many deposits into your health bank account that I know that you want to lose weight and it's very slow. And it might be that your metabolic rate is much, much, much lower than we thought it was because of your thyroid. Um, but you do also know that you have better results when you reduce um sugary carbs so maybe you can try that but stop obsessing over what you're getting from the scales it's not everything and you are doing so much to help yourself um and I know it can seem so frustrating when you're putting in so much work with minimal return um so maybe yeah ease off for a bit go maintenance but you're as far as I know from what your scale weights are saying you are already at maintenance um, and so it's a bit crap that this may be happening to you. So yeah, maybe ease off. And I tell you what, let's focus on getting stronger. Can you invest in a heavier set of weights? Let's focus on something else aside from the scales, because I, for some people, they're super demotivating. And certainly when you've potentially got something going on inside that is completely out of your control. So what can you control? You can control how strong you're going to get. So just relinquish the scales for a bit. Maybe don't step on them. Be very mindful about what you're eating. Don't use it as an excuse to go ham on the digestives like I know that you do. And another on that, because I know that's not on this thread, but I honestly think that if you have a quote unquote problem with digestives where you're not eating them and then you're eating loads is that you should have, have one every single day for this week. Just one every single day, you get to have one that they're not being taken from you and you're going to include them in this 
perhaps earlier on in the day um, because of, so you can use them as fuel, but have one. I don't want you to be taking foods away and feeling sad and then ultimately eating shit loads of them because that makes you feel even worse and then you just eat more of them and it's like this cyclical binge restrict cycle which we just don't want at all so no foods are off limits and if there is a quote-unquote problem food just have it every day if you know if it's abundant and you know that it is always there you don't have any need to not have it this is a, this abundance and scarcity mindset we don't want the scarcity mindset which is thinking that there's nothing for everybody you can't get it it's what our ancestors had which is why sometimes it's wide in our brain that we need to eat as much as we can, get it all in. Our brains like haven't caught up with the fact that there is food everywhere. We literally have it. We are so lucky with the amount of food we have. You'll basically almost never go hungry. So eat them. Eat them every day. I want you to have them. Enjoy it. Get, get strong. Let's, yeah relinquish that little that weight loss goal for now I know it's important but get to the doctors and let's get strong okay and why is tummy fat so stubborn and is there anything else I could do to try to lose it do I just do I need to do cardio or if I stick to the four workouts a week and calorie deficit will it just go in time yeah so for you tummy fat is stubborn but for somebody else it isn't somebody else may have a problem with it on their thighs on their hands on their chin it's genetic, basically. Um, and there's nothing you can do about where your fat decides to stay. You can choose where you enhance, but you can't choose where your fat disappears from. Um, so, you know, we often see on like YouTube, oh, 100 crunches for toned abs and get rid of that mum tum with these exercises and love handles. That's not going to help. That's great because you're going to be hopefully building some muscle, but it's not going to help get rid of your body fat. The only thing that's going to get rid of body fat is by being in a deficit. The workouts are going to get you strong. We want to also remove this exercise as almost a punishment and exercise is a way of burning calories. We exercise to get strong and to grow muscle. We diet to control our weight. And we also exercise to to control our, not to control, but to aid and boost our mental health and our health, health, health and our cognitive function. Um, we want to think of the, our diet as the engine that's going to get us. And then actually, I think I've confused myself here, but the diet is the, is going to be what's going to get you results. And the, the workouts are going to get you strong. Um, so you've just got to stick with it. It's so easy to do a couple of weeks, not see much change and think, I need to change this up. I've got, I've got to change. Uh, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do some crazy diet. I, I, I want to lose weight really fast. And you change it all up, whatever. But really what you needed to do was just completely stay the same and stay, keep consistent. You might find if you're going to plateau for like three, two to three weeks, no change, that yeah, we might need to make a reduction somewhere. And steps and cardio, of course, these things aid because they help change your energy balance. The risk with doing loads of cardio is that you get really hungry. Um, I would always promote doing cardio, but I don't want to put it too much on you that you're like, well, how am I going to do four workouts a week and go out for a run um, or a walk? So, I think walking, so zone two training is the possibly the most underrated 
form of cardio that there is that people we think oh let's go for a run i'm going to burn loads of calories but you just get hungry and tired um so if you can add in some zone two yeah that would be great uh, maybe take away one of your four workouts do three workouts a week and some cardio if that's what you really want but it will it's going to be minimal f- dis- uh, difference really you think an hour of running Ooh, let's think about maybe well it depends you could do a workout that's three to four hundred calories but you could just take away a few bits from your diet it'd be much easier um than doing loads and loads and loads of extra cardio um but you might you have potentially just it's genetic that it is your you've you store fat in your mid in your mid midsection um yeah i store mine in my bum and my tum we're all different we all store it in different places we can't choose it the only thing that's going to get rid of it is consistency um i actually read a really good analogy about fat loss and plateaus is and it's that your journey to work will always be the same time but it's not it doesn't always take the same distance but it doesn't always take you the same amount of time to get there and that's like the body as much if we're in a deficit the body will take time to catch up and to reduce and obviously we've got all these things going on so the amount of food you've got in your body how many carbohydrates you had the last that the previous day because then you've got water in your body extra water and I said about the other day about a piece of bread if you look at a piece of bread dry it looks the same as a wet piece of bread but the wet piece of bread weighs a lot more um and so it's not always the same and fat loss is never linear so there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in your body that you can't see that your fat is disappearing but you we're not uh, we're not robots we don't lose weight on the daily basis every single every day in the same manner we're not we have stuff and especially as women we have stuff going on so um just keep going it's the thing that nobody really wants to do is to be consistent but it's the thing that gets everybody results and we need to just keep these habits going because these habits that we're trying to work on every day are what we need to do for the rest of our lives. So once you've got to where you need to be, these habits stay the same. You can just eat a little bit more. We st- we want to be having our fruit and veg. We will need to still need to focus on our protein. We want to make sure we're well hydrated, very well slept, getting our steps in, doing our uh, workouts. So don't be downhearted. Like you are doing so much and putting so much money away in your in your savings account for the future. So as much as weight loss is a goal for a lot of you, remember that by just by doing all these things, you are just doing so, so much for yourself um, and your future self, which is ultimately what we're doing this all for, to feel good as we get older and to feel good now. Um, So just keep going. Okay, that is going to be the end of today's Q&A. I hope this has been helpful for some. I just want to reiterate how proud I am of all of you and that you're all doing amazingly. And I know there's been some amazing mind shift, mind shift, mindset shifts, which is amazing. And it's really what we want to change. If we can change the way we see things, it can change the way we do things. Um, so, yeah, I hope you have a great week. If you've got the kids off at home this week, don't worry about it, but figure out how you're going to get around it. 
maybe rope in some help from parents, other half, any friends, if it means that you can get time to work on you. You have to put your own oxygen mask on first. When the plane's going down, you have to be strong and healthy yourself before you can help anyone else. And your kids, if they're at home this week and you're frazzled and frustrated because you've had no time to work on you, then you're going to be a ratty mum, speaking from experience. So, okay, I'm hopefully going to produce, produce, yeah, do another podcast midweek about the all or nothing mindset, but who knows when it's going to go on because I have also got the kids at home, so it's probably not going to go out at the time I thought it was, but like I said earlier, I am not going to let perfection get in the way of me taking action, and I'd like you to think about that statement too, um, whether you are trying to be a perfectionist, and is that just stopping you from progressing? Okay, right. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you later. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please feel free to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at ellie.t.pt. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from.